Welcome to episode 5 of the Acquire and Scale podcast. And this is your host, Gabriel Murillo. And today we have Dylan Kelly. He is the founder of Wakebreak, a leading email marketing agency for e-commerce stores. And he is also the host of the e-commerce podcast, Waybreak. Hey, Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. It's good to be here. Sure thing, man. I know we we got a chance to briefly meet last year at a conference and we were chatting about all kinds of different things, about agency stuff. And now here we are a year after and you have done some really, really amazing things. So I'd love to share why did you start Waybreak and what is it that you guys do? Yeah, yeah. Great question. I love this too, because like typically people don't ask why I started the company from like a, a business perspective, but more like, hey, why email? But I mean, I, I think I started the company just like everybody else. I was actually working in, I wanted to go into Silicon Valley and do software stuff like SaaS. I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Silicon Valley and I'm going to make it. And the way I'm going to get in is through sales. And so I got a job as like an SDR, like sales development rep, which is basically like glorified name for cold caller and cold email. And that just sucked. But I learned a lot, right? But like cold, e- I remember waking up and just like hating it because I'd have to make cold calls every day. But like I'd always kind of done like internet marketing stuff on the side. You didn't, like selling, you didn't like selling cold calling at all? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like it's always one of those things where it's like, oh, looking back, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did it. I would love for as other people to do it. Um, but man, I, I remember waking up and just dreading my dials and then like my uh, SDR manager, he'd always call me every day and be like, yo, did you make your dials? And I'm like, ah, yes. But but yeah, I was like, come on, there's got to be a better way. And that's when I started to, I was like, man, the lowest, I, I, I you know, I made that list of goal. I made a list of goals. I was like, Here, here's what I want. Like, here's how much money I want to make. I want uncapped earning potential. I want to be able to work from wherever I want. I want to be able to have people on the other end excited to call me instead of have to call them. And so long story short, dude, it took me like 20 different business ideas, like different types of service companies before I landed on this one. But the, the way I got to wave break, and now, like you said, we specialize in email for e-commerce direct to consumer brands online, really specific space is because like I saw these really cool brands just on social media blowing up. So think like movement watches, if you know them, or like, like these cool kind of like Warby Parker direct to consumer companies. And I was like, man, I want to do something for them. And I was doing a bunch of local websites at the time, like on the side. And I was like, oh, I could do A-B testing for these people. So I did A-B testing and I got this awesome client, but like typical story, it's like they were my whale client. So they paid all my bills and I was like, okay, this is awesome. And then one day I get a text from the guy and I'm in the store and he's like, hey, can you talk? And I'm like, oh crap, this can't be good. It's never good when you get a, can you talk text? But anyway, I call him when I get back and he's like, hey man, like our Facebook ads just aren't working anymore. And this was like a multi-million dollar uh, brand, like selling millions of dollars per year. They were on Shark Tank, stuff like that. And they their Facebook ads just stopped converting. I was like, oh, crap. And I lost my only client at the... Well, not my only client, but like, you know, the client that paid all my bills. I was like, man, this sucks. Like, And they didn't really have much control over it because just bigger brands entered the space and made it harder for them. And that's when I went back to the drawing board looking for a better way to just have more control as a business owner myself. But then I kept looking in the e-commerce space and I realized that like owned marketing is this super powerful source of control for brands, but it's completely just like, it's on the back burner. People don't really think about it. They're so focused on the front end that they don't think about the back end. And as a result, created Waybreak as that back end solution to come into brands and run their email marketing. And now we're getting into mobile messaging as you know, texting is kind of the future. But yeah, that's the 
that's how I got to where I am today. And, you know, now we're running email programs for some really cool brands that are selling millions and millions of dollars per year. And, you know, we're doing tens of millions in email revenue per year for our clients. I think last year we did over 20 million in just email alone, like doesn't, doesn't count texting stuff or any of the onsite stuff that we do for clients. So yeah, it's super fun. And that's how I got here. Great. And I know you mentioned you work with, with those different kind of companies, but what is typically the, how do you classify those clients? Is that revenue base or industry or you, you say D2C, so direct to consumer, but is there anything else that you like to have as a filter? Yeah. So specifically, we really like working with direct to consumer e-commerce brands that are doing 10 to 200 million a year online. A lot of those brands are on Shopify Plus. And that's kind of our sweet spot just because we can go in and provide a really deep solution for brands and just like pull levers in their business that unlocks literally eight-figure revenue growth sometimes. It's wild. And you mentioned that uh, there's another interview you did a few months ago where you talk about email marketing being one of the biggest secrets in the e-commerce industry, even though email marketing is not something new. But why is it that uh, you're saying that that's a secret in the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I know like email is like the oldest trick in the book, right? It's the longest lasting, most reliable channel. But the reality is in e-commerce and the brands that we work with, like 90% of most companies, like traffic is coming from Facebook and Google, right? They're spending it on ads and they're so focused on the front end that they just don't even give the back end a real thought. And what's crazy is when you give the back end a thought like we do and we build these best in class email programs for our clients, what happens is just scale, like crazy scale, because you can double your business two ways. Number one, you can try to double your ad spend and double your business. But anybody who's tried to advertise or grow a business knows it's not always that easy. Usually it's not, especially if you're already doing a lot of sales, right? If you buy a business that has millions in sales already or even hundreds of thousands in sales, it's usually never as easy as doubling your ad spend to grow it. But what's great about email is you add email and it's fuel to the fire that drives more lifetime value, which puts more profit back in the business. So you can spend more ads on the front end. And there's this equation we use at Wavebreak now called the e-commerce growth equation. So you can double your ad spend or this goes back to like Jay Abraham stuff, you know, marketing legend. There's only three metrics that'll increase your business. Number one, increase the number of customers. Number two, increase how much they spend at your store. Or number three, increase how many times they buy at your store. And when you take these three metrics, number of customers, average order value, and repeat order rate, and you increase them by 25%, you actually nearly double your business. It's only going to be like a few hundred thousand dollars off if you're doubling like an eight-figure business. So it's like basically negligible. And all you have to do is increase those three metrics 25%. And email is the best way to do that because you have direct control over each one of those things. It's the highest converting channel, so you can convert more customers on the front end. The second metric, increase average order value. You can just you know do th- order threshold or upsells and stuff like that. And then on the very back end with increasing repeat orders... All you got to do is send more email to your existing customers and you're going to sell more product to them. Well, this seems, this sounds very systematic. This uh, doesn't sound like the latest uh, trend out there. So it's nothing new. These are principles and that, that I think it's why you're being so successful right now is you have methodologies, you have a system. And I see you're here in your website, which I'll be linking in the comments uh, for the show today you have a method. So it's called the wake break method. And you have step one, the foundation, step two, acceleration, step three, ongoing management and optimization. So I would love to chat more about that that process. Yeah, for sure. So like, if you want to get more in the details, like, 
I know this this podcast is for people who buy businesses and want to grow them. So like, let's say, let's do a quick example. Like, let's say you buy an e-commerce brand that's doing a million a year gross revenue and you buy it. And most of that is coming from like organic or like paid. So it's like front end traffic. You don't have a lot of email on the back end. What you can do is literally go through the Waybreak method, which is actually super in-depth. There's a lot more pieces there, but it simplifies down into three things you said, um, which is like the first thing we do is like build out a foundation of automated emails that send the right message at the right time to your customer base. So like you already have traffic coming in, you already have people buying. First thing you got to do is set up some automated drip sequences so that you're hitting those people automatically. Like this is going to drive 10 to 20% of your revenue typically, and sometimes even more. It's really wild, but it's all automatic and you set it up once and it will pay for your business like forever. Like the ROI just never ends. And then from there, like one of the biggest mistakes we see brands make is they're just not sending enough emails on the back end. Like they're not sending, you know, hey, it's April Fool's Day, April Fool's, and stuff like that. And they're just not sending. And by going in and just by sending campaigns, which is kind of step two, just sending email newsletters consistently, we see huge increases in revenue from our clients. So now here's the key there. These emails we're sending aren't just like, hey, buy, here's the discount. We're going in and we're, we're building community. We're driving customer relationship. We're building brand. That's huge. Like you can't just throw up a store and expect it to make money forever. Like now you have to build a brand. It's just more competitive. And you can look at that as like a bad thing, but it's actually really good because if you build a brand, like people aren't going to be able to compete. Like, you know, you think of Nike, like I just needed to buy new shoes. And the first company I thought of was Nike, <laughs> right? Like if you, and you can do that at a micro level using email in the e-commerce space, which is what we're seeing with our clients to get even better return on ads in the future and crazy stuff like that. And then the third piece, like you said, is just ongoing management and optimization. Like once you get the train moving, the last thing you want to do is grind it to a halt. You want to, you want to make it consistent. And then once you get the data, that's what's so great about e-commerce is there's so much data. Like you can literally track everything. So once we get that data, we think, how can we make it better? How do we send more of what works? And how do we avoid the stuff that didn't work as well as we thought? And just keep optimizing to keep driving profit up. Yeah. Now, but it, so I'm, I'm hearing it again. You guys can check out the how it works. This is a brief description on the process. And if, of course, you want to learn more, you can definitely contact weightbreak.co. That's that's where I'm reading this this step-by-step process. But I'm really interested in making a, a, a distinction here in terms of it's not really just sending emails. There is a lot more to it. There is uh, it's almost like a messaging or communication aspect of a business that requires some research. There's definitely some direct response copywriting behind that. I, I'm assuming, but I'm asking you actually. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested in learning more of the what is it that it takes. And, and the reason I want to talk about this is some people think that they already do an email marketing. Some people think that because they have their MailChimp activated and they're sending a weekly email, automatic email with their products on Shopify or whatever, the WooCommerce store, whatever e-commerce store they have, they think like, yeah, we got that check. You know, once a month we send a coupon code and we send a welcome email to everybody. That's email marketing. So that's very, very different from what you guys are doing with these brands, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And this will, this is like even more of our Wavebreak methodology, like you talked about is like, first things first, like people look at an email for 
less than 10 seconds usually. It's like usually less than 13 seconds at max, which is crazy. So what do you do to get people to open more emails? Well, you don't just sell all the time because people love buying, but they hate being sold. So some ways we do that are by you know creating content, sending things that are fun. Like we sent out for a client the other day, even if it's something buying, it's like, hey, like which emoji describes you best? And then we like included a few and it's like you tap one and it'll bring you to the product that suits that emoji, right? Um, so cool stuff like that, just that's like engaging and really building community and think like, think long term because it's easy to get your brand in a bad spot by seeing, oh, you know, we sent an email campaign. This is great. We made money off the go or, you know, right off the bat. But long term, how's that going to affect your business? Like, are you going to become a discount brand? Are you going to fatigue your list? And it's all these things that sound, you know, I guess like, oh, that's too high level for me or whatever. But like, it's really true. Like we see these brands who they come to us and they say, hey, we have hundreds of thousands of email subscribers and then we go check it out and we're like no actually you have 50,000 because all the others are dead <laughs> right but yeah and also like you said it's like okay so if we only have 13 seconds to get people to open an email or to look at an email what are we going to do there well it's like creative is a huge part like people talk about plain text it converts really well and that's true and we use a ton of plain text with our clients but it's definitely not the majority of what we do especially for brands who sell products that are very visual which a lot of e-commerce is you know, you think apparel and stuff like that, like people like to see it. And that's why I think VR is going to be huge in e-commerce too, because like, how do these shoes look like on my feet? What does this furniture look like in my room? We're obviously not there yet and pretty far away from that. If you just look at how SMS has adopted over the last 10 years. But anyway, that's a different combo for a different day. But then once you get people in your email, it like, it comes down to direct response, exactly what you're talking about. Like we have a, a direct response uh, copywriting team in-house who all they do is write direct response copy for brands all day. And I mean, the formula is the same formula. It's literally like you're saying earlier, like what we do is nothing revolutionary. We just follow basic principles combined with customer psychology that's adapted to your brand to drive the best results. And that's why people buy, not because some tactic, it's because we use proven principles. So for copywriting, it's the good old Gary Halbert, you know, same old, same old, where it's like, let's use a headline to capture their attention. Let's use that sub headline to get them to keep reading. And then from there, let's make sure we have a call to action to get them on site. And we'll let the site take care of the rest. And that's kind of the whole gist on the whole, like, what do you actually put in the emails? That's what we put. And we're really investing a ton of time and energy into those. And just because like, you really do have to make a big impact. And if you're just firing off a newsletter, you know, once a week, and you're not putting a lot of thought into it, chances are you're leaving a lot of money on the table and there's a huge risk you could be doing more harm than good. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned text messages, but also chatbots. Do you typically only handle the email communication or if there's a company out there, some of your clients that are also using the chatbot sequences and the text messages, do you get involved with those? Yeah. So yeah, we, we roll those out for clients too. I say email has kind of been our bread and butter that we built the business on, but now we're starting to expand in more like on-site messaging. So how do we drive list growth for clients? We do some of that. And then also mobile messaging is kind of what we're doubling down on. Like we're kind of anti-Facebook. So we don't do a lot of messenger stuff just because of like our stance on owned marketing. Like I still believe Facebook owns the messenger stuff. And you know, I was I was bearish on SMS for a while, but now it's I th finally think it's in a place where it's legit enough, right? There's a lot of major players who are running SMS software in SaaS, and it's finally in the place where it's like consumers are used to it. Whereas like seven years ago in 2013, it was very much this like, you know, make money kind of tactic-y thing. But we definitely are still in like the new age of it. And like you think of where email marketing was 20 years ago, that's where we are now. Like not a lot of people know, but there's a lot of, when it comes to SMS, it's not just easy money. Uh, there's actually a ton of legal compliance that you have to pay attention to just because it is such a, 
uh, intimate form of communication with your customers. Uh, so for example, Fashion Nova, a lot of not, not a lot of people know this, but the company Fashion Nova, they're a huge Instagram, like fast fashion brand. They do hundreds of millions of dollars per year, privately owned. Nobody knows exactly how much revenue they do, but everybody just knows it's insane. They actually got sued, a class action lawsuit for $50 million because of how they were doing SMS with their clients or with their customers. So you got to be really careful when you're rolling stuff like that out. Because it is like they are making examples of people now because they don't want... It's just like CanSpam was 20 years ago where they'd sue like the 18-year-old kid in his bedroom or 16-year-old for like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Just because they want to show that like it's wrong. You can't just spam people and get away with it. But to answer your question, yes, we are getting into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, makes sense. So I wanted to kind of just chat with you about a potential case where there's an acquisitions again where we just come up with an example somebody that is looking to buy an e-commerce business they want to evaluate a company and typically this is the funny part like after seeing literally now dozens of different prospectus or business for sale right now most of them i'll tell you out of 10 at least six of them will say hey we never yeah we have a database of 10,000 people or 20,000 customers during the past five to seven years but we don't really email them at all. And and that's a good good thing, but may may not be as good as some people imagine because like you're saying, those contacts may be dead or they, they have no existing relationship other than just a purchase that they made five years ago. So, you know, last week we were chatting to somebody else about scaling Facebook ads. And I, I love the fact how he was also very systems oriented and he was showcasing why when you launch a new campaign for Facebook, it's all about validating and testing and losing money. And you got to send all kind of traffic and test the offer and test all these different things. But it sounds that with email marketing, it may be something similar. You also got to test. Now, if you have 10,000 people in an email list, they all are buyers. Again, you're looking to buy a business. And how do you think you will go about evaluating and saying, do we do email marketing with this brand? What What are some of the questions that will come to mind or you will ask me in, in exchange? Yeah, that's a great question. So as far as like an e-commerce brand that I'm looking to buy, you know, like e-commerce brand owners, they know that list size is something that people look at when they're looking to buy a business. Like they're taught that, you know, as they build their business, like, oh, grow your list because people are going to use that to factor your acquisition price. But as far as like what I'd look for, I'll start with like a high level of what I'd look for in a brand, like in an e-commerce store that you're going to buy. And then I'll talk about the email side specifically. Like overall, I think it'd be great to see somebody who's getting, it'd be awesome to see somebody who's getting a ton of organic traffic from like search or something like that. And then they've also been able to make Facebook ads work for their brand because then you can know like, okay, number one, they have this organic traffic coming in, which is a pain to create, <laughs> right? It takes a long time. And then on top of that, like if they can make Facebook ads work, then you have an extremely scalable business. If it's going to be tough to make Facebook ads work and like just like paid advertising work, it's going to be a lot harder to scale and not as quickly. Um, so I'd look at a business where it's like, okay, I could dump more money into Facebook ads and grow it. And then also on the back end, as far as email goes, it's like you want to look for somebody who's been doing email marketing, but they haven't been doing it the best. So like if they have a list of you know 20,000 people, but they haven't contacted them in five years, I mean, that's basically worth nothing. Like you might email that list and get a 2% open rate on it. If that's 10,000 people. What is that? Like 200 people? Like that's nothing. Like that's, that's worth nothing. You basically have to start from scratch uh, versus a company who maybe they email once a week and the emails suck <laughs> and it's a very basic setup, but they have 5,000 people. Like that 5,000 person would probably have a lot more potential 
on the back end to extract revenue from email. And that's what I would look for is like somebody who has decent front end traffic and then their back end just isn't optimized. Like they have a list and it doesn't have to be super engaged. I would just try to make sure there's at least 10,000 people who are engaged if possible, because that's kind of a minimum threshold for seeing great money through email. Because then I know if I buy this business and I add email to it, I'm going to get immediate sales off the front end. And then I can take those sales and use it to fuel growth into the front end via ads without having to worry too much about, you know, where that money is going to come from. I can keep reinvesting back in the business after I spend a ton of money to acquire it already. Yes. And I think that's connected to the next question that I have here, which is how do you scale email marketing can pay? So if we keep going with this example that you just mentioned, how do you, how would you go about scaling a campaign for a business like that? Yeah, great question. I mean, first things first, like this is the way break method like we talked about. Get those automated sequences set up, abandon cart, welcome sequence so that when people opt into your website and sign up for your email list, you're hitting them with messages to get them to convert because 98% of people are going to hit that site and not buy. So make sure you're capturing their emails. From there, you want to make sure you have like retargeting emails so people view a product and don't buy. I love the software Klaviyo. K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Really good. You can set up these retargeting flows. So like if people view a product, you can retarget them basically for free via email versus paying for advertising on Facebook or AdRoll or wherever. And then beyond that, it's just like get that list going. Email all of the past people just like once or twice. You don't want to keep emailing them because uh, it could put you in spam. But email all those people and just like, you know, send them something, maybe a, a nice little welcome gift or something like offer right? So a new discount or whatever. And then from there, just get consistent with the email. Like that's going to be huge and consistently email just like two to three times a week. If you can do that, you'll be set and you'll be set on the back end. And then you, I'll like, you can literally scale your business so much. Like we've had clients go from, you know, in the beginning we were working with smaller companies, you know, which is probably where a lot of these companies will fit in that you, you would buy like a business, for example, we were working with in the beginning, we actually still work with them. They're doing 50,000 a month. And then we came in added a solid email program by doing exactly what I talked about, building out that nice uh, foundation of automated sequences and then just sending consistently every single week. And then from there, they're able to grow and triple from 50K a month to 150K a month in just three months. And then since then, they've blown way past it. I think they did like, um, I don't even know, like half a million dollars over November and December last year alone. And it's just wild to watch them grow like that. And I asked the CEO of the company, I was like, yo, how are, how are you growing this fast? And he said, because there's email on the back end, we have more profit to throw in the front end and I can spend more to acquire a customer. And then from there, they've just kept growing. And you know, that's a great way you can come into an e-commerce business that you buy and just scale it just without having to you know, risk a ton. Like it's just already in the business. So there's kind of like a virtual cycle that you create in there. Do you see any commonalities in this high scale or growth? Uh, oriented businesses where are they spending a top line percentage of their revenue or is it profit or how do you think they plan financially for their both marketing through email plus the top uh, front end like you're saying with traffic pay traffic yeah so a lot of them don't really plan to be honest like I know a lot of brands who um, not really our clients but I, I've talked with hundreds of you know store owners over the last four years now. And like a lot of them don't really plan to take it day by day. But the big thing is like knowing your return on ad spend. So if you know that if you're spending a dollar and you're getting at least two back, 
then you just keep doubling down and keep seeing like, okay, how much can we give? Because really the difference between our clients that are making, you know, 20 million a year versus the ones, the brands that are making 2 million a year is just like (laughs) mostly the ad budget, to be honest, (laughs) right? Like they're just spending 10 times more on ads. And obviously you can't just work up to that overnight. But I'd say that's the biggest thing is like the people who find a winner, they're not afraid to double down. And you see this across a hundred million dollar e-commerce brands too. It's like, what do they do? They just do the same thing. Email, paid ads on Facebook and Google and PPC and all that. YouTube ads, they do everything. They just do it bigger. And obviously you don't have to grow to that overnight, but like if you find something that's working, it's just like, let's keep doubling down and pour the gas on the fire. So that's also something that we, the, the cases that you have mentioned so far, I think it'll be great to illustrate with perhaps like a success story of a client of yours that you guys, you know, taken from, not zero in email marketing, but whatever level that you think, well, this is a great story with email, working with email marketing and scaling with your methodology. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of examples. I mean, literally every single client we make an impact on, we have a hundred percent success rate. I mean, really it's like 99% because it only doesn't work for two reasons. Number one, you don't sign up or number two, you sign up and then you try to tell us what to do. And then it just, it just won't work because we already know what to do. So just let's do it. You know, we need your input, but we're not a good employee, if that makes sense. Like we'll be the best team you ever work with, but like, we're not, if you want somebody to sit next to you and you want to, you know, tell them exactly what to do, like you should just hire somebody in-house. But as far as the results we get for clients, I mean, that's exactly why we exist, right? That's why you would hire us over an employee. So, I mean, I can give you an example. We had a brand we were working with who, or we still work with them, but they came to us last year in the fall and they had been stuck at a plateau of about like 500K a month in sales. They'd been stuck there for a few months. Um, and then we came in and within three months, they tripled to 1.5 million a month. And even with all this craziness going on, they've still held their ground and they've had products out of stock because of coronavirus and all this stuff. And they've still been able to stay at that level and keep growing, which is like insane. And once again, anytime I see this growth, I hop on a call, you know, (laughs) with the founder of the company, the CEO, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh man, the stuff you guys are doing with email is super helpful. And then literally what I said, he's like, yeah, we just, you know, we're getting a return on ad and we're like ads and we're like, why not just keep doubling down? And so they just kept doubling down and doubling down and didn't do it overnight. Like I said, it took months, but you know, that's really the same formula I see over again. It's like, let's focus on profit. And if we're getting a profit and we're getting, you know, $2, $3, $10 back for every dollar we're spending, let's keep putting more and see how much we can get back. Yeah. What do you think some of the the big mistakes are happening with e-commerce and email marketing? Yeah. I mean, biggest mistake is like looking at email as a tactic and not like a core lever and foundation of your business. Because nowadays, especially with all this uncertainty in the world and the economy and all this, like you need control and you need control in your business and you need to get back in the driver's seat. And so many brands are giving their fate and control to Facebook, to Google. And these things are great and you need them. And we can't do email without traffic on the front end. But that being said, is how do you build up a foundation where you're in control as much as possible, the best way to do that is owned marketing. Email, right? You own your list. Mobile messaging or SMS, you own the list. Doing stuff on-site to build the list. Like you have your website, you have your traffic, you own that. But you don't own Facebook, right? So the number one thing is just like not realizing that and think of email as a tactic instead of like, holy crap, email is the foundation of my business. It's the lifeblood because it's the only thing I own and the thing I have the most control over. Yet so many brands take it for granted. 
Uh, and when they take it for granted, they leave it on the back burner. They're not consistent with it. They don't have a great program built out like we talked about on this show. And as a result, like it's just they're leaving a lot of money on the table and they're risking a lot, which is what you don't want to do, especially when we're not sure what the future is going to be like. Yet meanwhile, we have our clients who are like, yeah, like honestly, I've never felt better. And I'm looking at this as an opportunity to grow my business, get ahead of the competition and build an even stronger company. Like they're not worried because they've diversified. And I'd say that's the biggest thing is like really seeing email for what it is instead of just like, oh, it's just a tactic. You know, we kind of sent out a campaign here or there and then and being consistent with it and really thinking like, how do we build the best in class business across the entire, you know, the, the whole company? I mean, right now too, like another way to do that, this is kind of like not super related, but like if you want to build a great company all around, I mean, look at Amazon, they're hurting right now. I mean, they're not really hurting, but like this whole two day shipping thing of the items that aren't essential is crushing them. Like they can't ship it out fast enough. So as a result, you know, companies like Tennis Warehouse or wherever are crushing it. Um, and it just shows that Amazon's only remote is really that two day shipping. So how can you offer a better customer experience to have the same fulfillment time? And a lot of 3PLs can do this and just little things like that. And just think about, okay, how do I build a real company instead of like, how do I just build a brand and flip it? Like you can literally do the same at the same time and you'll get even more money if you build a real brand versus just taking an e-commerce site and saying, oh, I'm going to flip it. It's like, no, I'm going to take this e-commerce site, build it into a brand and then flip it for an even higher multiple than I bought it because now it's like this real company. And it really only takes like 10% more effort to do that. Um, and it'll have a huge impact on your business. Yeah. So you mentioned like the situation that we're all living in the uncertainty. Do you have any thoughts about how to go about messaging and, and during these days? Do you think it's working out there with female marketing during these days? Yeah, this is a great question. And I'm happy to share with what's working for our clients because our clients are still growing month over month and year over year, which is like crazy because in this world, it's like, oh, what's, you know, what's going on? Like the, the typical story is like, oh, the, everything is terrible. But, but yeah, as far as messaging, I mean, I like to go back to Maslow's hierarchy, you know, like the pyramid of needs. And like at the top of it is like, okay, like basically it comes down to like being your best self. And a few weeks ago, that's where we were marketing, you know, buy these yoga pants and you'll be your best self. But now we've dropped down the pyramid. We've dropped down to where we care a lot more about safety and we care a lot, a lot more about community. And that's kind of how we're thinking about it. You know, this whole time, everything we're talking about, it's like, we're not really talking about tactics here. Like we're talking strategy, consumer behavior and going in and thinking, how do we use this opportunity to optimize now and build community because eyeballs are everywhere and emails cutting through the noise at unprecedented rates that it hasn't in years. Conversions are up 30%. Open rates are up higher than they've ever been in a very long time. And it's just cutting through the noise because everybody's on social media. They run out of things. So they go to Instagram and there's still nothing. And then they go to email finally. And it's, it's just cutting through the noise. And what we're doing there is focusing on how do we build community now and send out great content that makes people happy, that, that builds hope in the customer base. So a good example of this is like we have a brand who has a charity aspect of their business. So for them, we're going in and we're talking about how they're making donations to organizations that are making a difference during this time, which is huge, right? And I'm not saying you have to bake that into your business, but just thinking about ways you can do that, send things that are entertaining, just get people's mind off the situation. Because at this point, everybody knows what's happening in the world. Everybody knows all the negative stuff. So like, how can you really brighten it up? And, you know, another client of ours sells a product, you know, think something like roller skates, where you can go outside and, and, you know, even for kids, right? It's like, get these kids out of your hair and have a good time outside. Like, 
messaging like that really works. People also want to be cleaner and stuff like that. And just thinking like, what's our angle? And every brand has an angle. And then also toning it back a little bit to where we're not super aggressive. Just because people are so sensitive right now. That's one thing we're realizing, like, as the beginning of this was rolling out, we weren't really sure how to market right a few weeks ago. But we've got some feedback from clients, feedback from customers, and we realize that like people are just more sensitive. So if you try to push a sale or push for the you know promotion really hard, people can get mad a lot easier than they used to, especially in uh, situations where the customer base has been impacted in terms of how they're able to earn a living. But besides that, it's just like, yeah, I mean, just think like, would this make my customer mad? And if there's any risk at all, you know, don't send it. Whereas before we think, oh, you know, let's test it and see. It's like, we just don't step over that line right now. We've kind of toned back the messaging. If it's a super fun brand, we're not too happy-go-lucky or joking around. And yeah, just thinking like, how, how can we add value and really brighten people's day instead of send an email that makes them feel worse when they get it? Yeah, well said, man. That's amazing. I love that. I know you don't like necessarily tactics and we want to stay away from that as well just because what may work for one business probably will not work for the next one, even if they, they are the exact same business in the exact same industry. It's just different. There's so many different elements that there's not one thing that will work for everybody. But I think I want to also talk about giveaways, contests, referrals, which I do have friends and clients in the past when I used to run a web agency. I saw a lot of different clients in different niches that they will have a lot of success building email lists. So I want to hear your thoughts about that. I know that's probably not something that you guys do on a day to day, but uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. No, yeah. I mean, clients always come to us and they're like, hey, how can I grow my list, right? And giveaways and contests are, it's a great way to do it. I mean, first and foremost, don't buy a list unless you're buying the business that already has the list because like that's just very risky, especially if you're building a company and you're buying a big list. It's just like you can get fined per individual email you send. And it's just like, you just don't want to go there. But as far as giveaways go, I mean, it can be a great way to build your list, but you just have to remember the quality probably isn't going to be as good just because it's not going to be as high intent. Just because you think it's more tire kickers who want the giveaway. And you just got to think about how you're going to structure that to keep those people engaged. And like the sequence on the back of that is like, okay, I have this person who might not be super interested in us. What can I send to indoctrinate them into our brand, get them educated about what we do and then get them to buy. But I mean, it's still a great way to do it. I mean, Other ways we've seen clients do it is just like partnering up and doing collaborations on product with other companies. That way you can share customer base and like you actually share it even better because like you're just driving, you're driving sales together and then you're getting the best leads possible, which are customers. They've already spent money at your brand. And if you know brands who do that, you can find people who have the same customer base. Let's say, you know, your ideal customer is a a male 20 to 30, right? 20 something. I don't know what you're selling. Maybe flip-flops. I have no idea. (laughs) We can find another brand who's selling sunglasses, the same demographic or like chubbies or whoever. Um, You guys partner up and collab on a product like that. We've seen that work. What do you mean? Did you mean a a promotion on those two products or what do you mean with that? Oh, like an actual collaboration. So I can give you another example, like the company called State Bicycle. They're, They're not a client, but I interviewed him on my podcast a few weeks ago. And they do collaborations with like Fruit Loops and like big names and hip hop and stuff. And it's a great way for them to like, like one of the best ways to, to, to leverage another audience besides a giveaway and do an email list is like create a product with them and then you can literally sell it, make money off it. And then at the same time, you get the best leads possible, which are people who have already spent money with you. 
understand got it yeah that's definitely a different context now that you mentioned your podcast i know you crossed the mark over 100 episodes already and first of all congratulations that's a big 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 milestone thank you <laughs> i know uh you know after five years in the industry it was crazy to see how people were excited to launching a podcast and they after 10 episodes they will pot fade that's what they call it you know pot fading not yeah in after 10 episodes and so <laughs> i wanted to that. quit so many times but but I, I love it now and I'm glad I didn't now that we have over you know 100 episodes it's, it's been amazing and so appreciate what is the that. show about and and what is it the kind of like the main fuel or why is you do it on a weekly basis or how often yeah so it's a, a weekly show where I interview like top e-commerce brands mostly founders and CEOs of the company so everyone from doing like five million a year all the way up to hundreds of millions per year I've interviewed the CEO of pop socket CEO of beard brand and parachute home and like all these companies and basically the way I look at it is like these people are so quiet and a lot of people are just working but I get them on my show and then I ask them exactly what they've been up to and like how they've been able to grow their company. And they share their insider secrets. And it's like behind the scenes of these extremely successful e-commerce and direct consumer companies. And yeah, as a result, you can learn a lot from it. I try to draw really deep into specifics too. So unlike other podcasts where it's like, oh, like, you know, how much, I I really like knowing how much revenue companies are doing, or at the very least, how big their team is, just because it puts a lot of, a lot of advice in context, right? So we do a lot of that. And yeah, I mean, we're putting out episodes once, sometimes twice a week. Solo episodes. We've got a new segment launching with just me called Vitamin D. <laughs> That's coming out. So it'll help us get that episode count up even more. But yeah, you can check it out at waybreakpodcast.com every Monday. Congrats on that. I know you mentioned learning. And I think with just to wrap up, I think we met at this this conference, Design Pico, that's hosted by Ross Perry, which is a, a person that uh, I admire and he's been a mentor. And I definitely be following him for for throughout my journey but uh you also have some some really cool programs that you're following you invest in yourself you are engaging in different groups and different training coaching so tell us more about when you go for your own learning other than the podcast what is it that you're doing right now and why do you continue to invest in coaching and all these different programs yeah that's a great question i love this question because like uh, it sounds, I, I always thought it was so cheesy when people would talk on podcasts, like even Russ, I heard him years ago say like, yeah, the reason I'm successful is because I hired a coach. And I didn't realize that until I hired one, but it really is a shortcut. Like if you think of books as the first shortcut to like people who have figured stuff out and you just get their whole lifetime of lessons in a book. And then from there you upgrade to like the courses and the expensive events, like we were talking about. And, and then from there, it's like, how do I work one-on-one with somebody? Because like, that's where I'm at now. And I'm always trying to work with a coach and specifically somebody who's been there and done it before because I know I might be seeing these problems for the first time, but they haven't. And then also just the accountability. Like if you're left to yourself, like even I've noticed in isolation, isolation, like I'm just not as productive as I used to be going into the office and stuff. And by working with a coach every week, like I actually have a call right after this with him. I mean, he's going to tell me like, hey, here's what you need to do this week, which yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell him what I need to do. And then by the end of the week, it's like, well, did you do it? Yes or no. And like just that is is huge for me uh, because then I actually do it. And then I pay a lot of money for that, too. So it's another reason for me to do it because <laughs> otherwise, like I'm just wasting it. So that's been super helpful for me is like finding people who have done what I want to do and then figuring out, hey, how can I pay you so we can hop on a call every week and you tell me what to do and then hold me accountable to it. 
Yes, sir. Are there any other uh, groups or communities that you recommend for people in the e-commerce or online entrepreneurs like you and I? Oh, yeah, that's tough. I I know we're in a few together, but man, I I don't I'm trying to think of any specific off the top of my head. A lot of them I'm not even allowed in because I'm a service provider in e-commerce. A lot of the groups are, 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 you know, stuck to, uh, to store owners, but I know like some really good ones are in e-commerce specifically. E-commerce fuels great. A lot of our clients are in there. There's a Shopify Plus community on Facebook where it's like other Shopify Plus brands are. That's really cool. And then beyond that, and there's tons of Facebook groups for e-commerce, but I would just find the ones with the highest level people. That's why I like the Shopify Plus one because it's a lot of like legit brands instead of just you know people who made a store overnight, scaled to a thousand sales a day, but it's going to peak there, that sort of thing. Awesome, man. Yeah. So you you know, know it, wakebreakpodcast.com. And I'm going to be linking all those resources that we just mentioned in the show notes. So to wrap it up, man, I, just, I have to, one silly question and the other one is, is just a serious question. So the main one, it's, you know, favorite business book. That's just the serious one. So what's your favorite business book? Oh, favorite business book, Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Man, I read it when I was first starting out and I reread it recently. And I'm like, this is the only book anybody needs to build and grow a massive company, whether you're doing direct consumer, you're doing B2B. It's just a great book. And it teaches you like, number one, how to grow your business in a fast way, but also how to lead your company because problems are going to come up. But like, you want to focus on growth as a CEO. So how do you effectively manage your team? How do you effectively hire great people? It's like all in that book. And I mean, Chet Holmes is just a genius. So really good book. Highly recommend it. Awesome. And the last one is more about, it's more deep. And, and I say it's silly, but I asked before this in the show. And it's, so let's say that you, you grew the company, you're happy, you know, happy clients, happy team members. And now you're at a point that you decide to exit the company. And what are some of the main things that you will do right after you sell a company? Oh, dude, after I sell it, definitely going to take a nice vacation. And then I'll probably get, I'll probably book a three month vacation and then I'll get bored two weeks in and start another business. And by the time I'm back, I'll have a whole new set of payroll and obligations. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. Awesome, man. So really appreciate your knowledge, man, your time and expertise and congrats on everything you've been doing. It's a pleasure and definitely an inspiring story. And so keep it up, brother. Likewise. Thanks for having me. I've learned a lot from you. So it's it's great to come back and give back to your audience. Appreciate it. Sounds good. We'll talk soon. Thank you, guys.